and Company on ESPN 580 Orlando. We made it to Monday. It's 6 o'clock. You know who's here. Nikki Football, Chris Crawford. Monday night with Nick and Company. Been waiting all weekend for this show. Talk Tiger Woods. We'll get into uh, the Orlando Magic making a trade today. We'll get into all that as well. Uh, the moment where all adults lose their civility, we saw an example of that in Sex Robots. I'll tell you what I mean coming up. Thanks for tuning in today. Nikki Football here. You want to get in touch, you can. 844-225-5580. Text is 21232. That is 21232. And there, there's nowhere else to start than with Tiger Woods. I mean, we got it. We have to start there, and we finally got what we've all been waiting for, mostly. I mean, it was not a Tiger win, but we got it. Tiger in red at a major on Sunday with the lead for a minute. I mean, can I get a hell yeah? I was at a bar on Sunday with a couple of golfing buddies, Mac McDonald from Fairways and Greens and another friend. And we couldn't look away, man. Like, the polarizing aspect of Tiger Woods is something that I think is unmatched in sports today. Like, Tiger Woods is the biggest draw in all of sports. Bigger than LeBron. Bigger than Kobe in his heyday. Bigger than Curry. Bigger than any NFL player. They don't even build stars. They build teams. Bigger than Brady, though. Even Peyton Manning. Tiger Woods moves the needle for his sport really unlike any other athlete on the planet right now. And the closest second is probably Serena Williams, but even then it's not even close. But that, that watching Tiger on Sunday, that, that nostalgia creeps back in. Like the power of nostalgia is such a powerful, powerful thing because it connects us back to those days when Tiger Woods was great. When, when, when Tiger, like I said, on Sunday, roaring in a major, on his way to victory, the greatest of all time conversation, is he going to catch Jack? Like that was those times back in, you know what, 2006, 2007, 2008. Like you think back to that and how much fun it was to watch Tiger. We just got a little bump of that on Sunday. Like, that's like, it was just, that's the, that, that's what we wanted. And Tiger gave it to us. He did that. I said on Friday, man, that all I wanted was a top 10 finish out of Tiger Woods. And you know what? He gave it to us. And as I said, watching him on Sunday, he had the lead for a minute. You got that feeling like, hey, man, he's back. Tiger hits that shot, I want to say, on 12 or 13 out of the pot bunker the onto bunker, the green yeah. pops that thing up sitting there live I was like oh he hates it oh he loved it makes par from there you're thinking okay here comes Tiger Tiger's charging now it didn't work out he ends up finishing sixth shoots 500 for the tournament finishes behind Francesco Molinari who uh, wins the whole thing and we'll talk about him just a little bit though no one is talking about Molinari congratulations to him had a flawless Sunday Paired with Tiger Woods, by the way, which is, I mean, an accomplishment in its own. The pressure of playing with Tiger, the the uh, microscope you're playing under, the amount of crowds that are there. Some people can't handle it. Was still only the fourth most shown golfer on Sunday, though. Yes, 
because That's an interesting tidbit because you're over you're just completely oversaturated with Tiger on Sunday and I love it but Tiger Woods is that draw he is as I said the biggest draw in all of sports today and especially for his given sport Tiger Woods is golf some people love him some people hate him you all watch him and the TV ratings they show it Like, I'm not starting off my show today talking about Tiger Woods because I love golf. I do, but you see the numbers for this tournament on Sunday? NBC Sports' final round round coverage saw the best ratings for, they call it the Open Championship. Get over yourselves. It's the British Open, okay? In 18 years, a five overnight rating. The numbers don't really matter, but it's the highest rated final round overnight rating since, of course, Tiger completed the Grand Slam in 2000. The number was up 38% over last year's British Open when Jordan Spieth won. And you would think that the numbers would at least be closer because it was an American winning the tournament last year. And we talk about how Americans want to see American players play well. Jordan Spieth barely moved the needle. Tiger Woods, not winning. Not a win. We're not talking about a win here. We're talking about Tiger in contention. Tiger with the lead for a second. Up 38%. And I think the real reason why, not only are we all waiting to see if Tiger Woods is back, but Tiger Woods is one of those athletes that stops time for me. That it doesn't matter what I'm doing. We've talked on this show before about athletes that Twitter was made for. Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook. Those kinds of guys where you're scrolling through Twitter and all of a sudden the alert comes up, Steph Curry, 8 of 8 from 3, has 24 points with 10 minutes left in the second quarter. And it's like, whoa! Get to a television screen. Tiger Woods stops time for me as an athlete where it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I have to watch. I talked about this a little bit last week. Like, I'm moving right now. I hate moving. Moving sucks. You're always moving. I know. Well, it's basically once a year. I don't like to stay in an apartment longer than one year. I don't know why, but I hate to move. I hate this process. I hate moving, but I also hate staying in the same place for a year. I'm just, you know what? Like, I just, maybe I'm just not a happy person. I don't really know. (laughs) But I'm packing up boxes. I have a couch that could do wonders for you. (laughs) I'm packing up boxes. Yeah. And Saturday, I get done with work here right before uh, heading over home. And my girlfriend's there. She's packing up boxes. It's like, hey, we got to pack. And I look at my phone, and what is it? Tiger Woods, all of a sudden, is shot off the lead. And I looked at her and I said, like, we're not doing anything. Tiger Woods stops time for me. The, 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 the athletes that just you have to watch, it doesn't matter what's going on, you put everything on hold in your life to watch this. I came up with a list for you, okay? Here are the guys that have done it for me in my life, all right? Tiger Woods is number one, and I don't think it's even close. I honestly, I was going to say that I think that Tiger... Mm-hmm. is in a tier of his own here. Because yes. I don't think, even though if you have a guy going off and scoring a bunch of points, or, or a quarterback who's 18 for 18 so far in the game with 400 yards and three touchdowns or something, I'm still, like if you put that up against Tiger, anything like that, if you if you tell me on Kobe's... It's Tiger, man. If you tell me Kobe's, if, Kobe, if Michael Jordan came out this year, or LeBron came out this year one night and was dropping 80 points in a game, 
and Tiger was charging and still hadn't won a major yet. I'm watching Tiger. I'm Woods watching over Tiger, that. which is wild. Absolutely, and that's this list. After you saying that, I feel going, ashamed to say it out loud. No, no, too. no. I mean, like for whatever reason, this guy has a hold on me from a sports perspective that I just cannot seem to break. And you know what? I don't want to, because it's fun, man. But Tiger Woods is on this list for me, number one. And like I said, not even close. If he's on and he's in contention, heck, if he's just on, I'm watching it over pretty much anything else. Number two on this list may surprise you, Michael Phelps. When Michael Phelps was swimming in the Olympics, I didn't care what I was doing. I was watching that event. Number three, and this is how crazy this list is, I have to take individual seasons of guys. Steph Curry in 2016. That MVP, unanimous MVP season for Steph Curry, where he was making everything, I would take. And the fourth guy I could come up with was Adrian Peterson in 2012 when he rushed for 2,000 yards and basically beat the hell out of every team in front of him. That's it. But I have to take individual seasons of guys and a dude that competed once every four years, put that into perspective, to come anywhere near what Tiger Woods does for me as a sports fan. But as I said, he stops time for me. And he stops time for you too. The British Open numbers up 38% in the final round. They were up every single round this year. And that's about one guy and one guy only. It's Tiger Woods. The first round on Thursday, the most watched in three years on the Golf Channel. The Friday coverage was up just barely over 2017, up 11% for the day. Third round on Sunday was up big, 25%. And, of course, on Saturday, I'm saying Sunday, up that 38% when Tiger touched the leaderboard at number one, touched the was, was the overall leader, and then faltered. And we'll get into him faltering. But to me, and I want to hear your guys that stop time for you, athletes that it doesn't matter what's going on, you need to watch them, and it supersedes everything else. For me, it's Tiger, it's Michael Phelps, Steph in 2016, Adrian Peterson in 2012. I want to get yours, 844-225-5580. That's 844-225-5580. Text is 21232. That is 21232. Tiger Woods, to me, the biggest draw in sports today. And as I said, not even close. We'll get into more Tiger. The whole is Tiger back question is one I don't really want to ask because to me, this is about as good as it's going to get for Tiger. My question for you, though, along with your list, Are you rooting for or against Tiger? Because the split is a lot closer than I think a lot of people think. 844-225-5580. That's 844-225-5580. Text is 21232. Cannot wait to talk about this with you. All kinds of stuff to get to. It's Monday Night with Nick and Company here on ESPN 580 Orlando. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It did. It did. It didn't feel any different. It didn't feel any different to being you know, next to the lead and knowing what I need to do. I've done it so many different ways. Um, so it didn't feel any, any different. You know, it felt great to be a part of the mix and, and build my way into the championship. And uh, today it was, was a day that I had a, a great opportunity. That's the biggest draw in sports. It's Tiger Woods finishes a couple of shots back of the lead. The winner, Francesco Molinari in the British Open. On Sunday, Tiger, for a moment, held the lead, and it felt like the first time all over again, I had to say. Couldn't take my eyes away from it. That that Tiger Woods in red on Sunday drug. Uh, can I 
Just like, I guess like Ryan Lochte. Can I find a way just to inject it right into my veins? Not if you don't want to get suspended. Yeah, I know. Welcome back. Monday night, Nick and Company. He's Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Grunowitz, Nicky Football. Thanks for making our Monday night part of your Monday night. You want to get in touch? 844-225-5580. Text 21232. Also on Twitter, at ESPN. 580, Nick. Uh, I gave you my list of athletes that stopped time for me. Guys, that when they were on the field, in the pool, on the golf course, uh, I I had to watch. It doesn't matter what was going on. If I had somewhere else to be, uh, we figured it out because I had to watch it. Tiger Woods, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps every four years, man. And I know, listen, like, like you can make it out like I was an Olympics fan. Like a texture writes in, like, I'm not a golf fan. I'm a Tiger fan. No, I'm a greatness fan. That's what I, I'm a fan of greatness. I love excellence at the highest level. And that's what Tiger Woods is. Like, at the end of the day, like, isn't that, you, you could make that case for any professional sport. Oh, well, you're not a golf fan. You're a Tiger fan. Well, listen, like, I'm a Major League Baseball fan, but that doesn't mean I'm watching minor league baseball games either. I, how, many, how many soccer fans tell me, hey, listen, I don't watch the MLS. It's trash. So I watch the Champions League. Me. Okay. I mean, you what? Do. That's right. You do. <laughs> But those that make that case, oh, well, like, if you're watching only for Tiger, you're not a golf fan. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I want to watch the sport played at the highest level, and Tiger at his best, and that's what I'm rooting for? That's the highest level. It's the it's some of the greatest sport performances we've ever seen. I get what they're saying, though. No, that's no, kinda I get like, that That's kind of like saying you're a football fan, but you only watch the Super Bowl I, I, every I, year. I get, I get the point, but that being said, all right, excuse me for wanting to see a great athlete get back to where he was. Excuse me for wanting to see that kind of performance again. And that's something, by the way, like I think Tiger can get back to just a bit. What was the quote that Dwayne Wade threw out there when he had that big playoff game? What, like the, the Chesney. Oh, the father the time one. Well, yeah, the Chesney yeah. thing. I'm not good as I used to be, but, you know, something like that. Every once in a while, I'm not as good as I used to be, but every once in a while, I can be as good as I once was or something. I, I made a mess because I'm not a country music fan. Because uh, country music is awful. Yeah, but I'll agree with that. Um, That's how Tiger is, and we saw it again on Sunday. The shot out of the pot bunker. great As great as he once was. Right there. That shot. That's it. But then he goes bogey, double bogey on the back, and the wheels kind of fell off. 844-225-5580. That's 844 844- Two two five fifty five eighty. The text is two one two three two. That is two one two three two. And and listen, I mean, if there are plenty more. T- it's good for golf if Tiger Woods plays the way that he played. In fact, I think you could make the case that Tiger missing out on winning was better for golf than Tiger winning. And let let me explain because if you look at the ratings, the 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 British Open numbers on Sunday up thirty eight percent. I gave you that last segment, uh, but. As a whole, Tiger Woods has now played 22 rounds on broadcast television this season. And 21 of them, all but one, has an increase in ratings and viewership. The only exception was the final round of the Memorial Tournament, which aired mostly on tape delay because of weather. But the narrative of, will he win another major? Will Tiger be back? Is stronger than actually Tiger winning that major. Yeah, That's I, what I believe. The, the story for the NBA, since Jordan left, basically, since, yeah, since what I mean, like the, the late aughts, we'll go there. Will LeBron James win his first championship, right? You yeah. look at the ratings in the NBA, and LeBron has been the lightning rod in the NBA 
it has been, will LeBron win a title? Okay, 2007, he runs into the Spurs, close but no cigar. The intrigue increases. That wasn't close. Well, he made it to the finals, my point. Yes, it was a four-game sweep. 2010. Go Spurs, go. After 2010, he leaves the Cleveland Cavaliers, goes to Miami. The best thing for the NBA was what? That team losing to the Dallas Mavericks. The intrigue gets even, even higher. People watch hoping to either see LeBron win or LeBron lose. He becomes a divisive star in a team sport. 2012, of course, LeBron and the Heat, they win their first title. But then it turns into, all right, well, they won one. Can he win another one? Sure, they win the next one. Then LeBron continues the conversation by doing what? Going back to Cleveland. Can he win a title in Cleveland now? The narrative starts over again and again and again. And for Tiger Woods, the best thing for the for pro golf, for the PGA, is Tiger being close, but not actually getting to smoke that stogie. That's what they want. Because while Tiger, and I, I mentioned all of the ratings being up, what's one thing that golf gets out of all the ratings being up? They do get to promote some of their good young stars. I've been saying this for the last couple of months. Golf needs to prepare for a life without Tiger Woods. And they need to prepare for it now. With Tiger playing and playing well, they have an opportunity to audition some of these young talents for fans. Yes, they would be closer to golf fans than actual Tiger fans, but they have an, they have an opportunity to promote their game with, with the biggest draw in sports there. This is like Jerry Seinfeld opening up for some up-and-coming comics at the Comedy Store. You come for Seinfeld, right? You come for Jerry and his airplane jokes and his observational comedy, but you stay because you already paid the price at the door and you have your two free drink coupons. So why not see this new dude? Maybe you like him. That's golf's opportunity. Do they take advantage of it? That'll be left to be seen. But yesterday, Tiger in first place on a Sunday. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's one of my favorite things in all of sports. 844-225-5580. That's 844-225-5580. The text is 21232. That is 21232. I want your athletes that stop time for you that you have to watch. You cannot be you you cannot miss it. You can't miss guys. Uh let's go to Chris and Lake Mary to start things off here on the show. Chris, you're up first here on Monday night with Nick and Company. How you doing today, Chris? Hey, what's good? Um I, I agree with you with Tiger, um okay. of course, and um I I'm rooting for him to at least get tied. Uh I, I don't think the the him just, you know, being competitive is great. I think I think getting him all the way up to the to, to Jack's number, at least, would be, well, boost ratings out the roof. Um, that's just my opinion. But um, my my other athletes that I'm probably showing my age um, are going to be Bo Jackson, um, Usain Bolt, and Randy Moss. And then, um, of course, Michael Jordan. And those are, those are my four that I would stop anything. I'm... Funny thing is, I'm not a fan of basically any of those uh, those teams. I was those athletes are the ones that made me stop and watch. Chris, it's a good list, man. I mean, the Randy Moss one, Moss at his height, Moss with uh, the the Minnesota Vikings that Dante Culpepper, uh, Randy Moss stuck up in the year. Well, the year with Brady, I was getting to it. Don't worry, uh, was a can't miss year. That's a great list. I left Jordan off my list. Because, listen, I, I missed out on the greatest parts of Jordan. Like, I was eight when he retired in 98. Yeah. I, I left him off because 
he wasn't stopping time for me because I I wasn't arranging my own schedule. I mean, like I was eight years old, and Wizards Jordan didn't stop time for anybody. He didn't. I like Usain Bolt though. I okay. have Usain Bolt on my list. You I do. as as far as Olympians go, like if Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt were going off at the same time, which they weren't because they split track and swimming half and half and half in the Olympics. But sure. if by some way they were both going off at the same time. Like 100-meter Michael Phelps or 100-meter Usain Bolt? Phelps every time. You're doing Phelps every I'm time? Phelps every oh, single time. Oh, I'm taking time. Usain Bolt every single time. That's just oh. my... That's my... I had... I had Woods. Okay, you had, I had Tiger? I had Tiger. My second one was actually any final featuring Nadal and Federer in like a tennis major. Okay. Because I, I would. Like okay. I'd drop everything. I woke up early for Aussie and French Opens and then I had Bolt third and then four... It was kind of a three-way tie... Between the year Maguire and Sosa went back and forth, and then Barry Bonds' 73 home run year. All right. Okay. Anytime those guys were up to bat, it helped that Sports hey, listen, Center. Like, it helped they that did sport, those live look-ins. Sports Center interrupted it around the horn and PTI every time, so yeah. that helped. But like, no, yeah, I would, I would, when I knew that they were playing an afternoon game, I'd go home and sit there and watch Sports Center on repeat and around the horn, literally just so I could see all four of the at bats they'd get during those games. Eight four four two two five 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 eight zero. That's eight four four. Two two five fifty five eighty. Text is two one two three two. That is two one two three two. Let's go to Winston and Altamont. Winston, you're up next here on Monday Night with Nick and Company. How you doing, Winston? Excellent. But the problem is, Greg Norman was the number one golfer in the world until Tiger came around. It took Tiger nine years to catch up to Greg Norman, even though he did a choke and doke and a choke everything else he did. But my must see is World Cup soccer. Period. Wow. Love you guys. All right. Love you too, Winston, man. Thanks for listening. Thanks for I, calling. I was actually going to. Cup soccer. I really. was going to put that on my list too, but I felt we since we were just doing specific athletes, mm-hmm. but World Cup might supersede Tiger in oh. my book. I, 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 it doesn't do it for me. Obviously. Maybe only the final. Only yeah. the final semifinals. Actually. Depends on the game. All right, 844-225-5580. that back a lot. Text is 21232. That is 21232. Coming up next, the, Ma- the Magic made a trade today uh, that intrigues me. I'll spend a couple of minutes uh, on that. And also some news on Tim Tebow. we got a lot to get into. Johnny Manziel was traded. A lot from the sports weekend. It's all coming up here on Monday Night with Nick and Company. This is ESPN Orlando's Monday Night with Nick and Company on ESPN 580 and ESPNOrlando.com. Hey, welcome back. Monday Night with Nick and Company here on ESPN 580. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Monday night. Uh, We got to get into this Orlando City thing from the weekend. I'm glad I have Chris Crawford here, too, because uh, CC... I'll tell you what, Orlando City got job, but they have the they only have themselves to blame for that loss on Saturday night, too. Uh, we're getting into that coming up here. You want to get in touch, you can, 844-225-5580. That's 844-225-5580. The text is 21232. That is 21232. So this happened over the weekend on Saturday night, and when I saw it, uh, I was in utter disbelief that this was able to happen in a professional sport. If the MLS is still calling itself a professional sport, are they still a professional sport? That's so they say. Okay, all right. There's still wasn't a, ma- a professional like They, anything, they called though. themselves Major League Soccer. There was nothing Major League about what happened on Saturday night in Columbus to Orlando City. So the Lions dropped this match to Columbus 3-2 to on Saturday night. Uh, Orlando City led 2-1 to in what, like the 88th minute? And for you non-soccer yeah, fans, they, they play 90 minutes and then stoppage time. 
Stoppage time is actually really not, it's not timed out perfectly for some of the time that's wasted when guys flop and like, you know, fall around. No, and, and it would be, time. it'd be much better to go to a system where after the 70th minute, every time the ball goes out or there's mm -hmm. a stoppage in play, there's they like actually a stop yes. a clock and they, they eliminate stoppage time. But soccer, old fans of soccer are even more hard headed than baseball fans. And that will never, ever happen because it will ruin the game. So what happens is uh, this referee calls a penalty after Orlando City allegedly bumped Columbus forward Patrick Mullins to the ground. Um, right, right back R.J. Allen. This is in the box, all right? So there's a pass to this guy, Patrick Mullins. Mullins flops like a fish on yeah, a deck. Yeah, he's trying to jump in the he air and get ahead on the ball. And yeah. writhes around like he had been shot from an elephant gun. And the referee takes the bait. The ref takes the bait immediately, calls a penalty, and the official has an opportunity where he can use this thing called VAR, Video Assistance Referee, okay? That, that's John Fr uh, Freeman, who is the Video Assistance Referee, who's in his ear looking at this play. And basically what happened was Patrick Mullins jumped up for the ball and feigned as if he had been charged from behind and hit. Wasn't even touched. He was not touched at all. Orlando City then is called for a penalty. Um, we don't know if the video assistance referee called for the official to review it on video. He had the option to do it. I don't know whether or not there was a discussion there or if the official on the, on the pitch just decided we're not going to look at it. This is the call. They gave a penalty kick to Columbus, right, Chris? It was a penalty yeah, kick. Yeah, penalty kick. Columbus yeah. scores, makes it 2-2 in the 88th minute. And then... The match goes to stoppage time, and in about the 93rd, 94th minute in that stoppage time, uh, who scored there, Chris? Uh, it was, uh, I had the name here just a moment oh, ago. No. Oh, oh it was Will it. Trapp. It was Will yeah, Trapp Will who Trapp scored. Will Trapp from a uh, wonder strike from yes, Guam. It was he that thing. just it was awesome. a ridiculous goal. One of the goals of the year in the MLS, but Will Trapp makes this stoppage time goal. Orlando City loses 3-2. to two. All right, so there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, let, me, let me start with this. The, the officiating in that instance is a joke, but my immediate reaction to this is welcome to America, soccer. Soccer has officially melded itself, has officially melted into American culture. Why do I say that? Because all the fans are convinced that the referees are in the bag to screw them. Like the, the, the response from Orlando City soccer fans, and they should be upset about this, but I do love it that it's, hey, every single match we play, the officials are trying to screw us. We, we are screwed forever because of these officials. That's the most American thing soccer could ever become, is fans convinced that it's in the bag, that there's some kind of, some kind of, um, some kind of plan, greater plan, to screw their team out of winning, when really it's just human error. Now, I don't know why we have video replay in sports if we're not going to use it, that this continues to get old, whether it be in the NFL, the NBA, seems like pro soccer now too, that we have these things put into place and we don't want to use it. What also grabbed me from that match last night is I continually see Orlando fans blaming the officials for the 3-2 loss. No, no, no. You, you, you could have blamed the officials for a 2-2 draw. They gave the penalty kick. The kick went in. It's 2-2. Then Orlando City choked the game away 
allowing a goal in stoppage time, and they lost their 10th match out of their last 11. And this is something that seems to be ingrained into Orlando City's organizational culture. They've been in the MLS now for four years. And yes, I am not the biggest soccer fan. I don't watch every single match. I pay attention to the team because they're a local team here. They're a bunch of choking dogs, and they always have been. Like We see this time and time again every single year where there's a handful of matches. I'd probably put it on about three to five. That Orlando City has either in the bag and finds a way to lose, or something goes wrong, and that team, for whatever reason, it's like they have an EOR complex. They just slump their shoulders and let the other team just run all over them. And this is what happened on Saturday night. Okay, you you didn't get the call. It's 2-2. Salvage some points. Have some pride. Be a professional. And yes, the... The goal from Will Trapp was an absolute seed. It was ridiculous. A wonder strike. But the way that team plays, once again, it's timid. It's not a. It's it, it's 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 not aggressive. They they for whatever reason do not seem to. And I mean, what they've scored the first goal in four of however many matches this year. Um, this team, it's it's something ingrained in the culture there, and they have choked up a lot of matches over four seasons. I will say. I will say this. Uh, and I'll make a, a point here, but for starters, the MLS refs are notoriously awful. Mark Giger was the MLS ref in the World Cup, and he became a household name because of a horribly officiated game in which he called 36 fouls against England and Colombia. There were eight yellow cards in the match. It was just an awful game, horribly officiated a game. The game was ugly to watch. It was not enjoyable, um, and I, I, it was just it was just horrible, horribly officiated game, and that's been the story of MLS refs forever. Now, I, I, I talked about how this is something that was going to happen back when Jason Christ was still the head coach, and he started putting blame on officials. Because as soon as this you're... This has been head, going on long... Oh, you, okay, this something is, right, like this. I, this I guess, well, no, right, this right. season, this season in particular, they started that big win streak, and then as soon as they started losing games... Because when you they blame the officials, getting, you're going to get they screwed They weren't eventually. getting calls, they weren't getting calls, and it was building and building and building, and finally Jason Christ was the one who came out and said, this is ridiculous, we, I know the game was in Montreal, and Montreal's getting Montreal calls, I'd like Orlando to get Orlando calls back when we're in Orlando. And the problem with that is, as soon as a head coach starts giving blame to the officials, it allows the players to then lean on that as well and use that as a crutch and use that as an excuse for them from then on going forward. And we saw this as an organization come out after the match. Like I couldn't believe Everyone, the reaction from the players. All the players blew up, and I get it, and that's what it is. It's a built-up frustration where the players think that this has been going against us all year long. Mm-hmm. No, MLS officials are crap. It's been happening to every team. It's just every other team fights through it and doesn't turn around and blame a nine-game losing streak on officials. They take accountability. They hold themselves accountable, something Jason Christ wasn't doing and something the players weren't doing and something I was hoping would happen with this new coach, James O'Connor, coming in. But what's the first thing after the game? After the game, the first question to James O'Connor is, hey, what happened with that call? And this is an opportunity for him to establish himself and say, hey, that game was that game. We were up 2-1. That was the game tying goal. We could have walked out of here with and he points. Said, of course, we if could that's have walked the first out of question. here. And he said, if that's the first question, it tells you all you need to know. 
And I was so angry to see that because, listen, I was just as angry. I am just as angry. Hear me in my voice right now with that call. It was horrible. It was atrocious. And, yes, it cost Orlando City three points, but it didn't cost them the one point in the tie. They could have still held on to that. But the coach not taking accountability for the players giving up that game mm -hmm. and losing that game and walking out of there with zero points is unacceptable. You can say something about it at the end of the speech, but you got to hold players accountable. You can't keep blaming officials or this is going to be a continuing trend for this team. Chris, man, I think you're totally right. Uh, this is an organizational problem for Orlando City, and I couldn't put it any better than you did there. And after this match, Orlando City striker Dom Dwyer wasn't going tweets, wasn't going to say anything. But after seeing the refs cop out comments, the worst decision I've ever seen. If the ref had any humility, he would check VAR. If he did check, then it's even more of a joke. Once again, this is this is Dom Dwyer passing the buck. We, I, I would, I would love to hear from Dom Dwyer. Okay, that's fine. It's a two-two draw. Why did you give up the third goal? Sasha Kleshin also said he thought it was the wrong call. I watched it live, and I thought it was the wrong call, and I watched the replay about 50 times, he said, on my phone, and I still think it's the wrong call. Why do we have VAR if we're not going to check things like that? I don't know. It's very frustrating to way to lose a game. You can blame the video replay all you want for the second goal, but for the third goal, that's on you guys. And the guy that really, I mean, we could talk about James O'Connor all we want. Orlando City CEO Alex Latow called the comment, called the decision inexcusable. He tweeted, uh, tweeted on Twitter, I'm not sorry, but there's no, ex I'm, I'm, I am sorry, but there is no explanation for this one. Nobody can be so incompetent. Hard to be in an insane pressure. Work hard to recover, to breathe again and see something like that, like that happens. Very frustrating. Uh, Latow. Alex Latow has to be better than that. I don't know what I don't know what the uh, I don't know what it's like internationally. If 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 CEOs of organizations can do that, that's fine. In America, you don't do that. Okay, team executives don't do that. You don't call you, and when you do, you're fined heavily. No, what you do is you call the head of the MLS Refing yes. Association. You do this behind closed doors. You don't do this publicly. Right. And, and Alex Latow, he's gonna have to. If I'm the MLS. You got to find this guy a ton of money, and you got to make it clear it is not open season on our referees in Orlando City. What they did was not all right, whether it was malpractice or not, and it was. But there are ways you do this. There should be some ramifications for this official, though, too. I mean that. I mean, I, I, I get it. I have never seen a more atrocious call in my life. Like I empathize with the players here and, and them getting upset with all of this and everything like that. Uh, but I, I don't think it's the way they react. They're professionals. They shouldn't be reacting that way. I empathize with them. But that ref needs to have some ramifications, too. Because there needs to if be the some ML sort of discipline. If yes. the MLS doesn't come out and say something about that, they're also in a slippery slope now where the refs kind of feel protected with what they do and what they can call. 844-225-5580. That's 844-225-5580. Text is 21232. Uh, what do you think? I mean, was... Was this reaction from Orlando City justified because of the bad call? I think it was beneath the organization. You can't react that way. want to get your thoughts on this. 844-225-5580. Text is 21232. It's Monday Night with Nick and Company. Hey, welcome back. It's Monday Night with Nick and Company. Nicky Football here. Thanks for making your Monday night or our Monday night part of your Monday night. He's Chris Crawford. 844-225-5580. Text is 21232. Also, 
on Twitter at ESPN 580 Nick and at ESPN 580 CC. Uh, we'll get back to the phone lines here in just a minute. Um, after talking about that Orlando City stuff, one other piece of local news here: uh, the Orlando Magic actually pulled off a trade. Uh, did you see this trade today, Chris? Yeah, big I, big moves. Big move, big move for the Magic. Uh, they acquired Jarrell Martin for Dakari Johnson. Um, so the Magic making a couple of small moves here, actually, but I do like it. I I do I I think Jeff Weltman and John Hammond because of the financial restrictions for this team. Um, having that Timofey Mozgov contract on the books now for another two seasons. Now Mozgov replaced by, or Bismack Biombo replaced by Timofey Mozgov in that deal that they did uh, with Charlotte. But that being said, um, what you're doing is you're kind of just moving some smaller pieces to try to shape this roster, change this roster. And Jarrell Martin is a guy that played 73 games for a bad Memphis team last year, but uh, you get some power forward depth. What it does tell me, one thing it does, and I think that this do- this does at least give you kind of a small message. Uh, the Magic are picking up a power forward here to play behind Aaron Gordon. Like, I would imagine that Jarrell Martin will log some minutes at power forward. It tells me that they want Jonathan Isaac to give it a real go at the small forward position. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, I that think they're set on that. Steve Clifford, the head coach, Jeff Weltman, John Hammond, the president of basketball operations, and the GM. Like, these guys are in a room working on all the machinations of this roster. Like, this Magic roster, really, there's, there's so many mismatched pieces. Uh, and I've made, this, I've made this comparison before to other things, but it always sticks out to me. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Apollo 13, Chris? You've seen it, right? Yeah, way back as a oh, kid. I, it's one of, I gotta watch it at least once a year. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, one of the best Tom Hanks movies, too. Um, but it's it's an all-timer, it really is. I can't believe you haven't seen it more. Uh there's a scene in that movie where they're trying to come up where the 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 carbon dioxide numbers are rising in the space shuttle, and NASA's trying to come up with a way to shrink that with ever all the stuff, how to make something, all the stuff that's on board. And the guy pours this entire box of mismatched crap, and that's what it is. It's just crap that's on the shuttle. Okay, pours it out onto a table, and he says, because they have a, a, they have to fit a round hole into a square peg, basically, or a square peg into a round hole, and they say, okay, you got to make this fit into this using nothing but that. And the guys kind of start to tear into it. The Magic, in a league of small guys, in a league of guards and wings, we have really one NBA point guard, a couple of shooting guards, and then a bunch of big dudes. We have five centers on the roster. Four centers on the roster now that Dakari Johnson has been traded. I was but really have, looking forward to that all-center lineup. You, you, you have four centers, you have three power forwards, and a couple of small forwards and a couple of shooting guards. Like Steve Clifford has to be looking at this team saying, okay, i got to somehow make a five-man NBA starting lineup and a rotation using nothing but that. So this move today, at least, it it gives you a backup power forward if you, if you if you even can throw positions in there for this team. But it tells me that Steve Clifford's trying to figure out a way how to play the notorious B.I.G., Bamba, Isaac, and Gordon on the floor at the same time. And that is going to be part of the make or break for the Jeff Weltman plan moving forward. Like that That's really what's going to have to try to tie a lot of this kind of stuff together is Jeff Weltman has bet big on three long athletic dudes. You signed Aaron Gordon in the new contract. You have Jonathan Isaac, who you took with the sixth pick last year. Mo Bamba, who you took with the sixth pick this year. And you got to figure out how to put all these guys on the floor at the same time. I, I've talked to some NBA insiders who say, well, you know, like what you could do is like you don't have to play all three of them at the same time. 
crap. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you, you, you kind of do. You used two lottery, really, I mean, there are three lottery picks. You took Aaron Gordon fourth in 2014. There are three lottery picks. Aaron Gordon, you've paid $20 million, $19, $20 million a year, four-year, $76 million deal. You, you got to fit all three of those guys on the floor at the same time if the future of this team is going to brighten up. So, no, like, I don't think you can't play one of them all at once. Like, if you can't play all three of them, then one of them's got to go. You got to turn him into something, and that would probably be Aaron Gordon at some point. But this move today at least tells me, okay, they're going to experiment with Jonathan Isaac at the three. And by the way, he showed some of the playmaking, ball handling skills, and the shooting ability to do that. The, 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 the dribbling, the ball handling is not yeah, there he yet. He still dribbles a little too high, but Aaron Gordon, when he started exactly. out too, had all... like exactly. Aaron Gordon, I would say, had worse handles coming into the league than Jonathan Isaac has, but Aaron Gordon has really put a lot of work into his ball handling skills, and he has gotten a lot better. Yeah, I, I agree. He's gotten a lot better. I think Jonathan Isaac will get a lot better. He's already gotten better after last season, but uh, this move, though it is small, it is going to send just a tiny ripple across the team in terms of... Uh, you know, in terms of the the trade that was actually made, I mean, Dakari Johnson was never really an Orlando Magic player. You did that deal with Oklahoma City last week, but you acquired a guy that played 73 games for Memphis last year. It saved some money for Memphis, but the Magic get a guy that I think kind of will play some minutes for him. And and every so often, there's a deal made where you look up and you're like, eh, not bad. Like, I mean, th- this is a guy that gave you some minutes, and maybe you end up throwing him in in a deal where you're trying to help the team. We couldn't get Marshawn Brooks in this deal, too? I don't think so, Providence guy. Sorry. 844-225-5580. The text is 21232. That is 21232. It's Monday Night with Nick and company. Coming up uh, next, this conversation starts every single year at this time because all the football media days are going on. But former UCF coach Scott Frost weighed in on the size of the college football playoff. Does he want more or less? Now he's with a Power 5 school. That's coming up Monday night with Nick and Company here on ESPN 580 Orlando.